0: Hi, welcome to another discussion of uh, War Host of Fastmark by Jani Wirtz. It's the third book of the Wars of Light and Shadow series. We're reading three chapters every two weeks. Um, this is the second discussion. So we're re- discussing chapters four to six. Uh, I have some wonderful people with me. My name is Vasha, by the way. Sorry, <laughs> I should probably say that because we're posting this on multiple channels. But uh, yeah, Chibipo, would you like to kick us off with introductions?
1: of course uh well Chibi uh, Po. um i'm uh a you know, long-time reader um i feel like i'm repeating the same thing every every time but you know um yeah so
2: uh, happy to be here <laughs> jared um jared uh i am at the fantasy thinker youtube channel and uh this is uh, my first time through jenny wurtz's works and enjoying them immensely yes i'm steve from
3: steve talks books and it's my first time reading the series and grateful to have all of you to discuss it with every so often when i can make it (laughs) but back on track i fell behind but i am just about caught up so
4: Great to have you back steve my name is chris moan i'm from the imaginatively titled channel chris moan and uh this is my first time reading these stories as well and enjoying it very much so i'll be back as a five for sure
0: yeah do we want to start with chapter five where i think Arathon abducts Talith? That happens in this, right? It wasn't in last week's discussion. It's chapter um, chapter
4: four, I think it is, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he just he abducts Talit and um and a lot more happens. <clears throat> I think uh, we're back to the vast mark towns by this time with Keol uh training the archers. I think we also hadn't um Dakar also figures out that Arathon uh, why Arathon was um, w- working with the uh, shepherds in those cities. yeah, all of that happens in this chapter. So what did you guys think it's a lot of action I think, building up to a big ending yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> but so, so chapter four starts off with Araththon. He's kind of saying goodbye to the mountain people he was staying with. Yeah. That's right. And uh, of course, as always, and he's going, he's embarking on like a life of piracy. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. Right. And of course, Dakar is, Dakar is gloomily in tow with, you know, he doesn't, uh, <laughs> doesn't like being with him. So. <laughs> yeah. um, and then he finds out that uh, Janessa's children have stowed away. Uh, they just kind of pop up say, We're here. Hello. <laughs> I thought that was kind of amusing actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and,
2: and and I found I discovered a word I never I never heard before. The, the word brigantine for a boat. Mm-hmm. I had to look that up. I, that was that was new to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't I, know if you guys have ever heard of that before. but
0: um, I've seen it around. I don't know if I know specifically what it means. I thought it's something like a warship. It's a specific type of boat, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. And uh, I had just never heard that term for a boat before. So that was, uh, that, I would just, I love learning new stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was just mm-hmm. like, you know, great. Because uh, I, I like to look up stuff uh, that I don't uh, know about. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I had seen the word before, but yeah, I'm looking it up now, and it's a two-masted sailing vessel, so it's not a warship like I thought it was. I don't know why I thought it was a warship. Maybe I came across it in Tamara or something like that, and just assumed it meant warship.
4: (laughs) I feel like these chapters... I remember... (laughs) The last discussion, man, been sort of frustrated. Why has Dakar not sort of worked some of this stuff out for himself? Well, how, you know, a lot of those things that we're sort of getting frustrated at, we got some resolution to here, yeah. And yeah. even at the point when Arathon, I mean, that, that wonderful line he says, Oh, we need more money, and how are we going to do it? We're going to get it from Lysir, <laughs> 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 he's going he's to pay for the, he's going to pay for some more. Just thought, this, is, this, is, <laughs> this is fun at this stage, and even when he decides to uh, kidnap Talith. I'd sort of worked out what was going to happen the whole way along. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? After that, when she tried to escape and knew what was going on there, you know, the, the resolution of that. I didn't yeah. figure for him stealing the money twice, which was, which was oh, kind of yeah. amazing. Yeah, uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and it the kind of brazen nature of Arathon, where he's sort of treading this really fine line between, you know, being justified in what he's doing, but also, you know, being a bit...
5: Mm.
2: Cheeky about it. He, he
0: <laughs> is, yeah. Mm-hmm. He is yeah.
2: cheeky
0: about it. It's I was gonna say the oath uh he gave to Asandir about surviving at all costs. That's <laughs> giving him a bit of a free pass, it seems like.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. I I remember <laughs> thinking that it's like the uh the sorcerers are kind of confronting him about some of the, the piracy and stuff like that and he's and he, and he tells them he's like no no this is what i gotta do to survive t- according to my oath to you guys yeah and you gotta live with it you know <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, no. and he immediately backs off and says, yeah go on what do you mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah. steve were you gonna say something
1: no just laughing about okay know uh, what i was gonna um, say was um the brigantine um and you know, somewhere around the Mediterranean in the 13th century, you know, would have been considered a warship um, because of how fast it, you know, its speed and maneuverability. So you know, and a lot of pirates made use of them too. I
0: okay. think. Oh, pirate. Okay, mm-hmm.
1: that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because it would had the sails, but also looks like it would also have uh, set up for rowing. So you know, it's like it can run you down really quickly.
5: Hmm. Yeah, Which, well,
1: that's what he does. It's like all of a sudden, yeah. you know, that little merchant brig, and all of a sudden, the ship's just coming down on him out of nowhere, and they're
0: like, yeah. oh, "We're done." Oh yeah, I thought I thought the the thing he did for stealing the first round of gold was brilliant with the with the boat just like <laughs> hanging out there for but, them to tow.
4: <laughs> but not just any boat, the Royal Freedom. Like actually, the boat that she used to try and escape on is the boat. Uh, like it's, it's just so oh funny. yeah,
0: yeah. I I have figured that one of the people that um, is helping Talith escape was maybe Arathon in disguise. But then immediately the next scene over, we went to Arathon in uh, the vast Mark area, and then I was trying to figure out. <laughs> there's no way that she escaped. Uh, and Arathon doesn't know about it or yeah. didn't organize it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, how does this play out? <laughs> yeah, I, th-
4: I think I-, I had exactly the same thought for that he was going to be one of the people, but then the more I thought it, I thought he has to not be involved with her captivity at all for her to ultimately believe in the justness of his cause If you know, in the justice of his mm. fight. You know, if it's nearly exactly the conversation that she has with Lysir at yeah. the end of six, to say... He, he, he never laid a hand on me. He was not involved. Mm. I but I couldn't shut off my own ears and what I what I seen and what I heard. Yeah. This yeah. this is the truth that I see. Regarding, I wasn't influenced. And if he had been on the boat, then it would have tainted that a little bit. If you know what mm. I mean, I think I sort of sort of thought that up myself. But I was very sure that her escape was planned.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was interesting. It's nice when you know ahead or sort of can guess that something is the case but you're still curious about how it plays out that yeah that that kept me really interested
1: um so so you probably saw my my post on the um you know page chewing where i was like yeah i know i'm turning in my you know reader cred. um so so who 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 caught this because i i I just realized this today and i felt really stupid because that i never connected these two things so after he, ab- you know, abducts her and they're headed back, you know, and the, you know, her handmaiden had been, you know, whining to him and all. And, you know, she's like putting up, pretending to be um, an invalid and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, 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 there's that, whole ex- that little exchange there that Dakar has with him, you know, um, where Dakar's, you know, like, you're a miserable human, you know, bastard and all that, right? You know typical Dakar stuff at this point. And you know, uh Arithen's like, indeed, only the cook doesn't think so.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh I did not piece this together with a later conversation until today. You know, um uh which is why I felt really stupid. <laughs> um because like I said this book came out yeah a while <laughs> ago. So that and I'm like why did it not connect this? But that was him uh giving a Dakar a hint to figure it out for himself that everyone had been taken in by her, you know, Oh, I've, I'm an invalid, you know, blah, 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 blah. The ship's making me seasick, except she's not. Right. Cause you know, when he calls her out later about how it's like, yeah, my cook assures me that you've had an amazing appetite for somebody who's sick. Oh yeah. And yeah, then yeah, I, yeah. I just, I was like, how, how did I miss that? <laughs>
5: yeah. Okay.
1: I'm stupid. You know, I, I give up i'm done well so, just... you know, anybody else catch that you know when they're reading the, <laughs> no. the connecting bits there because i i felt really stupid
0: honestly i feel like you're really smart for catching that because yeah. i don't think i would have made the connection <laughs> maybe on a reread, but perhaps not even then um yeah
1: well i i, I felt especially stupid because I, I i was you know chatting with jenny um, and Ooh. she made a remark about the invalid thing, and that was when it just went, it clicked, and I was like, oh my God, how mm. did I miss that? And so I felt especially <laughs> bad because she basically pointed it out to me, and then I was like, how many times have I read this book?
0: <laughs> yeah, but that is that is a really clever connection between the two. I like that.
1: Um, yeah, there's a lot of great, great dialogue really between them. his, you know, um insight into people being and he's just not pulling any punches you know through these couple chapters just first when he he rips into her about how stupid she was to you know uh take off on a little ship and you know yeah kind of worse <laughs> with no defenses and all and then um and then when he uh drops all those bombs on Janess, you know about, <laughs> you know and you know she's like he's he's nothing like you know lisa who's all forthright and everything and then she's like and then everything's like yeah a brother can love so can he hate lisa will you know you know do whatever use whatever is at hand but you're not going to find me running around in the public eye for a big army yeah
2: he really was like laying down the law and like becoming quite the harsh taskmaster and with some of the workers yeah. and stuff like that um, and uh he was this uh this
1: one was my they you all know, mentioned it before. It's my favorite favorite bit of dialogue where she, to talith where he's like don't mistake me for your husband i've mm. never loved weakness you could be nurtured to dependency and he just shuts her up right there and she's like ouch yeah it's like truth hurts huh <laughs>
0: yeah I I thought that tied really well with what Dakar realizes later on that uh, everyone who follows Lyser, it's because they are, I'm really paraphrasing here, but filling some sort of hole with their worship of him. But everyone who follows Arathon is uh, following him independently and of their own will. So I thought that those two statements about Lyser are connected really well
4: yeah i uh i think what wasn't it uh talent says the people that you're hunting are tradesmen and farmers and you know deckhands and things these people are Mm -hmm. not a threat to the to the existence you're you're fighting your own war if you know what i Mm -hmm. mean in your
1: conquest of this man
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah and you know anything she says is just almost in one ear and out the other that's right
0: yeah Chad, do you want to say something Sorry, go ahead. Jimmy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, well, I, I was wondering because um, I try, I kind of forget what was the reason why Talith actually took off on that foolish wandering that she did just to join up with Lysayer or was it, was there something else behind that?
1: Um, I think it was outlined in. Uh, um, the caredmon you know outlined it to him basically you know the letters that um you know she'd been ex- you know sending exchanging with Lazare gave her the impression that you know it was all safe and everything was fine so right. sure, she oh, thought she'd be perfectly right. yeah, easy to go down there but yeah. then her guards people were like yeah no you know we're, we're not going to let you hair off like that and she's like all
2: right you yeah, know, <laughs> <watch me." laughs> yeah. It, it it's it's it was cool though cuz i i thought that arathon's conversations with talith in the way um that all worked out it, it correlated with his conversations with dakar and how dakar started having all these doubts and stuff about um where he stood uh later on too because he uh like dakar was doing a lot of mental gymnastics to try to yeah the you the know the healing
1: scene from the first three yeah, right. and that whole experience really
2: did a number on Dakar. It <laughs> did, and it, you got a lot of good insight into um, into Dakar's, uh, you know, mindset and 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 the struggle he's having, especially when I think he meets up with Laysayer later on. That's right, yeah. and it doesn't—it isn't this nice uh, reunion that he wanted, you know. <laughs>
4: Well yeah. it, it sort of is. It's double sided. Like it, on the face of it, it appears that it is because Lyceers love like, it. You need drink, you'd be missing drink, you look like you fill your fill your boots, but Dakar's troubled. Dakar is yeah. kind of seeing and feeling not quite right, especially when you couple it with his vision that he's had about a possible end to Arathon. And he's thinking this I should be celebrating this. This this should be a great thing that this, this battle will end. But he's troubled, and mm-hmm. um, he's sure yeah. of what way he
1: Um You know, got doubts, and you know, he's just like, uh, how? Yeah. How is he still friends with me? I've been doing this, and then he's got that doubt. He's like, is he wanting to get me drunk so that he can get me to talk?
0: Right. You know, yeah, yeah.
1: Which we've seen with, uh, in um, ships, I believe, uh, where that was. I think it was in Chips, where um, he actually does that to someone. You know, got them drunk to convince them mm-hmm. to join that's his right. cause with uh, um, whichever brother was Kelbar, one of the Sabrina brothers. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: I think it's interesting how both Lyseer and Dakar opinion of Arathon is based around, mainly around one what they see as very truthful moment. You know, mm-hmm. obviously seer with the ships, you know, when he's seen arathon playing with the kids with the ships and, and that kind of thing there. And everything that he, he based around is his, that one moment of deception means that everything else is true. Whereas Dakar, it's the how he is with the shepherd, shepherds people when he brings back the the the, the child and he says, "There's no way mm. that was faked." That, that 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 regardless of of how manipulative he is and how much he's clever and kind of always has an answer in his way ahead of everybody else in that kind of sneaky way, there was truthfulness and his compassion there that that I can't unsee.
5: That,
4: mm. um that then is the little seed that single bit for both of them is the bit that all of their, their other experiences kind of get pushed on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dakar didn't see anything from the war, right? So it's mostly uh, Lysers. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, it's the single thing that they witness Arathon, and both with children. Mm, uh, that's right. That change how they feel. Although if like Lyser twisted what he saw, possibly a result of the mistrait, Um, Dakar tried to twist what he saw and failed um, or is failing I suppose at the moment (laughs) yeah yeah there was um, something that I'm trying to remember what it is now Um, oh dang it I forgot I'll remember it later on (laughs) there's something that Dakar thinks to himself that I thought was really interesting but
2: Well, he has another vision, Dakar. Dakar. Mm-hmm. And um, he uh, was torn about that vision, but he didn't tell anybody about it. Yep. And then when he finally was like having all these doubts about this, you know, his uh, the curse and and uh, Arathon and Lysaer, and he knows that the curse is on Lysaer, but you know, he's, and he's looking for a way for his salvation, you know? Um, and, then he, and then he had the thought that he need only stand aside and let the arrow fly its course. Hmm. Um, and so I'm wondering if he's at that point going to stop trying to work against Arathon and because he had this vision. And I'm not sure if what, where because that's kind of near the end of chapter six. Yeah. I'm wondering what the future's going to hold as far as that goes. You know,
4: interestingly, it's not even enough for him to stand aside and let things take its course. If he, he is going to have to interfere, and in, in, mm-hmm. in the opposite way than he's been trying to do for three books mm-hmm. here, he's he's going to have to interject on behalf of Arathon, the other, stop the arrow at source or or stand in front of whatever the, the thing is. He's gonna he's gonna, he's the only person that, that knows about it at the moment. He didn't share it with the other um the rest of the fellowship. Right. Um and and the occasions that he kid to do because they know he's got foresight they know that this is part of his his gift that he yeah. can do that so uh, he hasn't actually broached that yet and that's uh,
1: three chapters left you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> the next three chapters um are, are 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 a ride like yeah. the next one immediately after this yeah is um you're gonna have some great stuff in it and then and then we get into you know the the whole thing in Vastmark. So.
0: Okay, um, I think I might no, go immediately. Is... After. Yeah, this is why,
1: <laughs> you know, I'm like this. This the character work in this one, you know, for Dakar is like so great, and you've yeah. still got more to come.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm. Um, I I already I, I think the scene with Dakar on that ship with Lysair was maybe one of my favorite things.
5: Okay.
0: I mean, there's a lot now, so it does, I don't know if it even starts to mean anything now if I call something my favorite, but it it is so beautifully written. <laughs> <rich. laughs> um, yeah, I love that piece of introspection. And it's, I think, what, the first time ever that we've seen Dakar actively refuse drink, as in he is drinking. I was as like, no, no, dakar don't drink yourself into a stupor again. <laughs> but he pours away his glass because he is, uh, that's not doing anything for him. He has to face his demons this mm. time. Uh, I-, I love that scene. <laughs>
1: um, uh, so one scene that I wasn't, you know, sad at, um, which also highlights the, or actually two scenes, because um first when Caridmon shows up to let Ereth Lizair know about um Talus Abduction and before he tells him he asks him well your landing at Marior is restrained was restrained right and is like you know for a village that you know um uh, you know where Lizair basically outright says he's like yeah but I would have been totally justified in just like slaughtering them all you know you know, which is the way he phrased it. He's like, "Yeah, I was restrained, even though they harbored a you know villain." And I'm like, "Wow, dude, okay."
5: Yeah. Um.
1: But then we get the the later scene at the exchange in Ostermere. um. Uh, and we find out what happened in that, following up that little snippet about Captain the Black Drake,
4: and
0: mm. Captain. Durkin. Oh yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I, th- I think that's especially interesting, Chibi because you contrast that feeling of how Lysir treats people that are in place, but again the question that's made of um of Arathon about you no know, the archers that he's training at vastmark and yeah. about how he's bringing those people into a war that they don't necessarily need to be involved with and his justification, in, but he's also trying to enrich that land or trying to give them something back and he's paying them, he's trying to leave them, they're going to be involved in this war whether they like it or not, but they're going mm-hmm. to get something out of it, that's what the payment's all about and actually yeah. that contrast of both those, those uh, their approaches, again from Dakar's point of view and everybody else's point of view, they kind of see in the, the, the two approaches to this war. <laughs>
1: Yeah, where Dakar even remarks that, you know, Marathon doesn't make any false promises that, you know, this will end here. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I love how Dakar kept yelling out, you! You! (laughs) (laughs) Because he was Uh, providing a bunch of you uh, wood for the bows and stuff. (laughs) Just that little bit
1: where they're like, yeah, no, we we, you know, um, even though it was just, we, we captured her and executed her because, you know, um we wanted to hurt you that was pretty much the only motivation
2: Mm -hmm. yeah that's a little bit of a shocker because i I was like whoa i kind of i kind of wanted to see that character again at some point yeah Yeah. and uh i was like oh damn (laughs)
0: yeah it was i think i i was reading this yesterday and i was when i finished the chapter i felt i was left feeling really low and i think seeing this character killed off page was, I guess, a really powerful way to tell us just how cruel Lysair is. And he's, yeah, I, and, and framing it in this uh, aspect of Lysair is compelled by the mistrate, but exactly how much though you want to kill Arathon I get that. But uh, now you're being told that you're, you have this external compulsion to kill Arithon and you're still willing to kill hundreds, thousands of people to get to him, let's say you're still justified and the mistreat is compelling you to do that. But what about the justification for all the innocent people you're killing, right? I think that's a really interesting way to frame it because we're trying... I wanted to think about separating the compulsion from what's... Can we forgive him if we understand that all of the killing is coming from... The compulsion would we feel any more sympathetic towards what Lai said? It it's easy to say, oh, he's not thinking too much, and this fellowship keeps saying uh, the, he's being twisted by the mistreat His judgment is being twisted by the mistreat but to what extent, <laughs> right? Is everything he's doing uh, a result of being twisted by the mistreat Because if not, if even a small percentage of that is of his own doing, then he is not. He's no match to Arathorn in that case.
1: Well, I, I think, a, and this this goes back to Curse a little bit, but I think a good um, uh, insight into that is you know two 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 scenes from you know, Curse. One when they're at the uh, Mie-Earth right before they fall through the portal into Aethera, um where uh, the all the shadows from the you know of the Curse of Mie-Earth that you know makes you know Davian left behind or whatever right those are all rampaging around and you know are between them and the, you know, the gate, you know, to ethera And Lysair, you know, like desperate, like freaks out and like, you know, Arithan it's sort of an Arithan's perspective at that point. But he like, you know, as you know, Arithan describes it channeled the whole of his, you know, power through the, of his light gift out, like basically a suicide attack almost. That had to use the shadows to temper. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's you know, as we know, precurse That's well before he gets cursed by the Mist Wraith. Um, but then we get to the battle in, you know, Strakewood when Arathon and Lysair see each other. And uh, we have that moment where Lysair, like, completely flips out and attempts the same thing you know, that that last attack that know, stops, you know, was meant to just basically a suicide attack, and he'd gotten strong enough with his gift now that it would have killed everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, you know, Arithan could have, you know, at least as he outlines it, could have just protected himself, and the forest would have burned, everyone, you know, else would have died, but Arithan could have just, you know, stopped right there, stopped and kept himself alive, and you know, but Lysaer screams about you know, you know he's going to kill everything and doesn't care what the cost is. So I'm kind of like, there's 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 an, I know. it's so yeah. The question of how much it controls him is like a big question mark because it's clearly exploiting you know character flaws so and things that mm-hmm. you know he would do in desperation. You know so. That's a,
4: a, yeah. It's something I'd like to hear from Steve on actually because he's had a much longer form of this and I think up until pretty much this point but I think we started to get a kind of chapter 3 of this devolution of Lysir as a good person. Now, there were sort of two good characters for a lot of the while that were kind of with the curse but as you quite rightly point out Chippy people, you know it's very clear that it's it's not just the curse at all times it's it's uh, there are character floors that are within here and because we're doing it three chapters at a time it can be kind of you know tough to kind of go moment to moment but mm-hmm. you've kind of done like a lot of sh- the end of ships steve haven't you into <laughs> vasmark here and there's like a devolution there
3: yeah I, I started getting that at the end of uh ships because we had a few moments there of lysier starting to started to see him in a different light so it is you do see him kind of evolving in my mind and throughout this book but interesting point about you made about his his character, whether or not that makes him more sympathetic. I think it does. I think it'd see him in a totally different way if he isn't in total control. But and I, I do like when characters die off screen. I have to say, it mm-hmm. it,
5: uh,
3: it you know has your imagination going, and you start to wonder what happened. And I think it makes it more intriguing instead of everything you, you knowing every detail about someone's death. Not knowing mm-hmm. makes it more interesting sometimes. And not I mean I don't want that all the time. Don't get me wrong, but occasionally in certain situations, if it, when it's used correctly, it's very effective.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's happened multiple times in this series, obviously, because Jarrett's dad died off screen.
4: I think as well, you know, there's a yeah. whole thing about, he knew he was yeah. going to die and we didn't need spell out how he died and all that kind of stuff, but it was again, really effective. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah.
2: And, and Jarrett got married. Right. As well. Oh, you think did? off screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. had it down and it was in a uh, chapter four.
0: I missed that.
2: What? Where uh, was, was it meant? In chapter four, but I'm not sure exactly where, but... Uh, was it in one of the little passages in the middle?
4: It maybe, might have been possibly. one of the
2: little, yeah, one of the little yeah. ones.
0: Okay. I think it
2: remarks
1: that he's had his marriage and that he's sending Cowell. Cowell yep. Yes, that's right, that's right. That's yeah. right. yeah. Yeah, it's page okay.
4: 230 in the,
2: uh, the Paperback version in Ring Ripples. Um, yeah, right. So it's... Uh, that was another, like, little off-screen thing that, uh, you know, what it was an event, but it wasn't, uh, I wonder if that's going to come into play later as well. I'm not sure, but he is a Duke now, so it it matters. <laughs> I,
4: I That's the kind of world building that I think's really interesting, because it shows that it's not just about these two characters. There's a world that's evolving and changing, regardless of the events that are happening with these two people. Yeah. People are getting married, having kids and all you know, that kind of stuff in the background. And that's where I think a lot of those little interjected pieces that's kind of true. are really nice to kind of fill in, right? We've concentrated on this small section of the world for the past battle, but remember,
1: mm-hmm. there's other stuff. Pretty, yeah. yeah, pretty large continent with a lot of people on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to follow on what Steve said with the off, off camera, you know, with the implication, you know, like from Deegan, that it's like, yeah, that Durkin was killed just to, you know, just to hurt Arathan in some way, and you you don't know how what they did, but it just sort of implies it's like, yeah, that probably was not not a um, not a nice
2: death.
0: Yeah. The, there was um, sorry, go ahead,
2: Jared. No, no, go
5: ahead.
0: Yeah. Oh, um, there was a line that I think um, Dakar and Talit. Um, are sort of thinking together, I guess, uh, or there was a statement about that. And it was about whether Arathon's cruelty stems from, uh, what is it? Oh, yeah, okay. Arathon's viciousness stemmed not from cruelty, but from too terrible a gift awesome. of compassion. compassion. Yeah, that was interesting. And, and that Dakar and Dalit both realized that, I think, yeah. I like that one.
2: Yeah. you know, it's it's like Arathorn's become one of my favorite characters of all time. He yeah. <laughs> really has, and uh, that and that and it's that kind of character building that uh, that makes it, you know, that that mm-hmm. makes it that way <laughs> for me. <Yeah.
5: laughs>
2: you know, so there's something that really confuses me
4: actually about his relationship with the Fellowship, uh, given that they, if if one of them dies, or the the, the real threat isn't actually these two people. It's not really Arithon and Lysir. It's it's the Wraith and the the this the Eric, you know, taking over and becoming bigger in the world. Yet they don't. They're innocent bystanders too much of the time. If that makes sense, you know, they they do not want to get involved. They do not want to help, especially when one of them. Like it's it, at the moment, it seems like Sephir is the only one that's really going. Uh, but this, there's only one of them being hunted. There's only hmm. one of them actually on the run here. Are the actions that you're seeing? The result of somebody that's being hunted and you being harsh on them, or are you judging the man that's underneath? Like, nobody else wants to get involved, and in like I say, only Seth seen seems even Asandir, although I think it's very much in his kind of his role to kind of not really get too involved in anything and always be a part, but the, I. You see the conflict within the fellowship between like Carbon's very much like damned to hell with them all, and and uh Lihien's the same, you know, and they're very being very judgmental on something needs to be done about him, but they obviously can't lock him up. I mean, that was mm. that was because the then mm. he's just going to be killed, you know. So I, I think that's kind of this this edge of innocent bystander. We can't interfere too much to be in. Mm. I think we need to.
2: But didn't Arathon kind of force their hand to get involved with the negotiating? With the whole stealing of the, the the treasury and stuff like that did because I don't know if the sorcerers really wanted to get involved the fellowship mm. Mm. but uh, did he kind of force their hand to get to get involved there yeah uh, to
1: to some extent because yeah very much you know they're, they're they're supposed to be functioning as impartial you know because and we we, we still got more to, to come but you know their, their priorities are very much not you know um are very much more long-term and not as concerned with, you know, the short-term impact of what, you know, these guys are doing. Um, uh, But yeah, then what'll be interesting, of course, is how, you know, some factions interpret them, you know, uh, there at the Ostomir and it's like, yeah, no, we're here to enforce the peace, you know, this will go smoothly and there will be no conflict, you know, we're completely neutral, but, you know, is everyone going to see it that way?
0: Hmm. They were playing with fire a little bit no because it, as they were setting the wards they felt like there was a chance that it could go out of control and we saw in the early chapters that they barely managed to contain the second incarnation of the mistreat and um yeah it it felt like they were letting too much get to chance but maybe they knew what they were doing yeah it, it, it was an interesting mix of like uh did, do you are you sure you should be doing this and also like they had fallbacks and getting people out of the way quickly and so on so
1: but um, and also uh like you know um and i think this was kind of highlighted in, in ships when a you know showed up after the whole scene with J lot and and uh Hazarethhan asked them for help like really asked them to intervene on his behalf against Isaiah.
5: Hmm.
1: The ex- closest we get is where he he, he kind of freaks out at the the wharf there, but then he, he's just like, yeah, you know if you guys want I'll leave you know just to avoid you know the whole thing so he doesn't really ask them for you know their intervention he just sort of like you know should i leave and they're like no you're fine um but then we also see when they're putting up their wards like varsha mentioned that you know they're like this curse thing is unnatural and wrong and weird and we need to deal with this somehow
0: yeah and it was also interesting that it gets stronger each time that uh they interact with each other, Arathon and Lyser, that the curse wrenches itself in deeper. Um, that that added dimension I think makes it very interesting for their next interaction.
3: I did have a question for all of you because I, I know I had fallen behind and I missed the last couple of discussions, but I was wondering if you, if, uh, you had discussed whether or not um, for me like when i get when i came back to to trying to catch up i found myself not it didn't take me as long to read um, as it did at the, at the beginning of the first even the second book did you all find that find that it, i wondered if it was me just adjusting to the the prose and the style or is it or did the style change because it feels um before i had to really be engaged with it and now i just feel myself moving really quickly through not quickly but you know it seems like it flows much uh, much easier, I guess you can say. I think yeah. you
1: activate to, to it pretty quickly, you know. So it's like as you, you read it, it's like you know, you struggle a little with curse and you get into ships and it just starts to speed along and then before you know it, you're just full speed ahead, you know. You know, at least that's what I'm seeing and not just with you know, us here, but others where it's like they start reading and they're like, No, I can't stop, gotta keep going. And it's just like sucks you in. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I flew through these three chapters I, I was just like wow it just flew by and uh, I don't know maybe maybe the neurons in our brains are rewiring to accept her accept her language better <laughs> and uh, we're reading it faster and better
4: <laughs> I don't know maybe because of how I'm reading this kind of in between other books I find there are times when I pick up the book and I'm like I've read three pages and I'm like I need to go away from it I need to either clear my head for the other stuff and then come back at a later time and then then it does read really quickly uh yeah. in parts but it definitely is a, is it it's not the kind of thing that it can pick up with a lot of stuff going on in my head and read yeah. because i need i need to be attuned to the language and i need to be attuned to what's going on to really think about what's happening sentence by sentence and kind of pick it pick it apart a little bit so i do have those moments where i i'm like oh no no no, just. I can't. I can't be watching the TV. I have the TV on the background and and doing this at the same time. Yeah. I, do, I need to be giving it attention.
2: Yeah. No TV. No TV.
4: No TV. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I think I agree with you, Chris. I this is not something that I can read at night, for instance, and it's not something that I can like randomly pick up, read two pages, and move on, and then come back and continue. like I I still have to be engaged with it, but in a good way because um I think there's a lot going on. It's not the writing style anymore it's just things that I need to pay attention to um, but also um, I think there's a few other things that might be contributing to reading a little bit faster I didn't notice that this feels easier to read or that I'm going through it faster like a few whenever I sit down to read I might be able to get through more pages than I might have with curse and I think I have a theory I guess or hypothesis that it's about uh it's for a couple of different reasons one we are more familiar with these characters like I love all the pages on which Arathon has a presence for instance I l- really love reading those because I like Arathon as a character a lot and also I guess a few others now Dakar and Janess are very interesting to me and I think Talith will become to, or is now uh interesting so like there are more characters that i enjoy reading about so i want to keep turning the page uh when i'm reading them but also i think uh there's a lot of fast-paced action in this book as compared to curse or even the early parts of ships i, I think there was one chapter where um Lysar's army is marching, and that just felt so slow. It read at such a plodding pace. But thinking about it, I think it was deliberate because it really makes you feel what the army is feeling with the pace at which they're moving and what they might be going through. So I think some of the pacing or how it's feeling is probably deliberate, uh, that you know we're slowing down or reading slowly in certain sections because of... Um, the action being slow or there being no action, it's just like sort of plodding and getting through what the characters are going through. But in these chapters, just a lot has happened and there's a lot of action. So it's also reading more fast. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. And familiarity with the characters Mm -hmm. also allows a a little bit better because you don't have to wonder who's this person. You already know. So you
0: just just
2: keep going, you know, Mm -hmm. Even the sorcerers, now I'm getting more used to them. Mm. Whereas in Curse, it's like, who's this sorcerer guy? Mm. You know, but now it's like I'm getting to know them better. And so it's, you can just keep going.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So, I mean,
4: obviously, there's a lot of nuance in the language. It's not just you're reading for events, you're reading for subtext, you're reading for the interrelationships and the thoughts that people have when they're not speaking and all that kind of stuff. But like, you can look at this on the outside and go, we read three chapters every two weeks, and people go, geez, that's so slow. (laughs) <laughs> I go, but actually those three chapters probably take me about three uh, times about three and a half hours i think to read the three chapters something like that oh yeah, yeah. for me yeah you know they're they're they're, they're meaty they're not like yeah. three chapters of something else where you kind of go oh uh i'll i'll pick something up to fall asleep by reading you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think there's, there's really something tangible to get into i think when
3: i open each chapter i think the my kendo tells me like one minute one hour and 10 minutes yeah. but, but when i really sit down and, and figure out that it takes me about an hour and a half two hours to each chapter i mean it, yeah. but it's not it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't i'm a slow reader anyway but i think this is a perfect pace i i don't know that yeah, i'd get as much out of it if we were reading more because it mm-hmm. does take a lot of brain power I mean, for me i'm not very smart anyway but it does take a lot of brain power to kind mm-hmm. of keep up with it and kind of because there's so many lines that I'll just sit there and reread over and over again just because it's like wow that's that's awesome. I just want to like, keep reading it and write it down and so yeah it's I I think um yeah it takes me a, a good five or six
2: hours to read three chapters. Yeah. Oh yeah I guess mm-hmm. I gotta stop and underline things. It's...
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Writing in the book what? I, oh, I, no. oh
2: yeah I am <laughs> what please I here.
4: highlight I don't think I don't think I can see this anymore <laughs>
5: Oh, are, the, are the spines intact
3: jared are the spines intact uh yeah they are actually okay okay, okay right. Well, hope. there's hope
0: there's you can underline as long as you keep the spines in <laughs> i'll
3: I never say a bad
4: word about robin ever again all she does is break spines Not yeah. right.
1: <laughs> oh, God, my i think rubles. i think for me it's like it's kind of variable because like um other books i'm reading um uh, I just finished one today that I started on the 31st and that was a 700 pager and I did that mm-hmm. um, just you know but it got into it and I'm like okay I really like the way it's written and it just sort of like you know I don't want to deride it you know I'm not saying it's negative way but it kind of felt um, uh, it's sort of like what I call popcorn fantasy where you read it and it just goes by in a couple hours you're done bam you know mm-hmm. like you know which you know it's fine we need those just as much as we need anything you know more and more serious minded but you know this one just like it, it went really fast and i was like oh wow 700 so pages in a week i'm like okay <laughs> yeah uh, but... yeah you need a mix you need a
4: variety oh, yeah. and i think actually uh, doing this i i always the bit i worry about is like i'm halfway through say half halfway through chapter five and i'm thinking gonna be a short discussion this week you know
0: mm-hmm. and then
4: by the time you get to the end of the three chapter and you're, you're like oh my god there's so much happened in this story I don't understand there's <laughs> so much could have happened."
0: oh that reminds me I had highlighted a couple of passages uh with a note that I didn't understand I need to ask people what they got from this I'm gonna find those notes but keep talking <laughs>
4: oh, no pressure, chippy pull you're up
2: what was um fascinating was when lorenda attempted to pierce the defenses yeah, of, of oh, alvane yes. and like i thought that was hilarious because who was who was the uh sephir was, was led the props, F- she led the traps yeah and, <laughs> and he's it turns out that it was like all this big illusion that he was putting <laughs> on and then uh and then later on it's like well, all you had to do is ask. You know, if you wanted this, <laughs> so, or do you want to come for a cup of tea or something? Or something like, tea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. i was just, I was laughing. I was, I was just like, okay, so the, this whole thing about the waystone. All you had to do is ask. <laughs> I've been sitting here years thinking, yeah, yeah.
0: I think I think Asandi tells ilera in the first book uh, that all all your uh, what is that organization what are they called order or all your order has oh, to do yeah. is ask and and she's come up with this like huge <laughs> army and oh i love the description of the center by the way that was yeah absolutely brilliant
2: yeah yeah but it was uh this big uh, illusion <laughs> well i
1: I'm, I'm curious about that you know he, he said who refers to it as an illusion but when we got him you know before he departs you know after he sends keridmon on his way um, he talks about, you know, making a bargain with the power in there, so I'm like, so how much of it was illusion uh, and how much of it was that, you know, the real, you know, um, the spirit of the being, you know. Yeah, but
4: wasn't it also sort of alluded to that if he hadn't set the illusion then the, the old probably would have died anyway? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, the par, was the so. remarked, like, yeah,
1: yeah. It's good that, you know, and, and she would have, you know, her training, you know, had no way to which is another kind of highlights like how, despite their actions and how they can be annoyances to him, it's like you also you know when you see things from this you know fellowship's perspective, you realize the Coriani are so far out of their depth in dealing yeah. with these guys, and they have no idea, or seem to have no uh, no idea, at least.
4: Um, but. Do you not think that's true of everybody in the series? Like, the Fellowship, when they're dealing with the mystery, etc., feel really out of their depth in certain ways of that. And everybody feels out of their depth, apart when it comes to being part of, like, Arathon's kind of scheme. And I think that's why he's so lovable to read, is that he seems to be able to have this bit of being able to read people so well, you know, and use kind of the things that they can't or can't do against yeah. them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it was one thing, you know, we've, uh, we've seen... And Jenny's mentioned it too, how, you know, the fellowship doesn't volunteer information, right? Yeah. And, you know, with Aerithon's training as a sorcerer, kind of, you know, influences in the same way to not volunteer things. But he kind of does at times, but it's usually in the, you know, like with the scene I mentioned earlier where I connected the two bits, it's usually, you know, he'll volunteer some very small tidbit, but it's designed, his volunteering, it is designed to prod that person Um, to try and prod that person into, you know, looking at the issue themselves, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, indeed only the cook doesn't think so. And that's his, just his little, little, little hook, you know, to be where he could lead the car to go ask the cook and find out that, you know,
2: Talos just being, you know, (laughs) putting on a big show. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He does seem to be two steps ahead of everybody he runs into,
1: um. Also, you know, this is you because know, you mentioned this earlier with the the word. I found a word today, you know, um, you know, a first time, you know, in this uh, the series where I did not know the word and I had to look it up. And you know, it's another one. I'm like, did I just breeze past this word before? What does this word mean? Because I was looking at it, and I'm like, is this a typo? Did the on the Kindle? And so my my worry was that I'm like, did they do something weird? Because there there's a whole bunch of them. If you saw them all over Ships of or like on the Kindle version, it's, it's got some crazy, crazy weird typos in the Kindle version. Um, And so I looked it up and I'm like, okay, no, this is an actual word. Um, It's uh, I think right around the scene where Dakar is uh, it's in chapter five, maybe where Dakar is questioning It might be before he has the, um, the vision or maybe it's after he has the vision i don't remember but they're at a campfire and he's discussing about you know what everything's going to do and you know um it remarks about you know his tone and it uses the word plangency and i was like what the hell is this and i looked at it because it just looked weird to me and i was like is this an actual word yeah you know (laughs) or did the kindle version do something weird and so i had to look it up and i was like and it's, like, referring to, like, a sad tone to your voice kind of thing.
0: I remember looking it up, but I forgot what it means. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I I found the passage, but I don't think I quite remember my question. So this is when um, El, Eldir is talking to... Um, well, basically, when they've summoned arathon to ask him about the theft of the first batch of gold.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: And... Um, I think this last bit where, uh, yeah, I think it's one of the sorcerers explaining to Eldir, um, you can you can drain in your fuming and thank your creator for the favor of Arithon's resourcefulness. Else our peril before the mistreat would be redoubled. There's no space left for diplomacy. Only force can prevail against the war host that's gathered and shunned. I didn't fully understand what that means. Is are they saying that arathon needs to go to war with Lyser so that um to, to curb his um war host or is that referring to something else? I am looking mm-hmm. at this on the Kindle, so I don't know what page number it is on the paperback. Um, but it is chapter I remember six the sections.
3: section. I'll tell you
4: because I just read it like an article
0: Chapter six. Um, yeah, it is in
4: six. And it's before, uh, Dagan comes in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Because the... it comes back
1: about the the theft of the gold and all. Yeah.
4: Um.
1: And I I think it was, uh, more it was worry about the fact that the um. Uh, if the war host wasn't delayed um, mm-hmm. and, you know, by whatever means, you know, um, Arathans, you know, people and training and whatnot weren't ready to face them. Mm-hmm. And if they'd have been allowed, you know, to let the, uh, uh, the exchange for the ransom go through right then on the first try, um, then the war host would have gone through that, there and just like, you know, ravaged everything in its path because he wasn't ready for, you know, dealing with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's on page 308. If you 308
4: yeah, just find it, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I had a note about, uh, yeah, I'm a fan girl now, apparently, because uh, he was sort of just gazing off into the distance when people were asking him about uh, what he knew about this first batch of gold and who stole it uh i think he had he was just um pretending to be occupied elsewhere that was really cool
1: yeah. i'm a doddering old man and i'm not going to answer your questions yeah.
4: gonna... yeah. <laughs> uh, the, that that passage to me just says that elder recognizes that actually arathon has to be cunning you know the there's he's no other way to win this he doesn't have of troops. Like mm. even for a few archers that are well trained or otherwise, he, he has to do something to reveal or else they'll be left with him dead and mm. the real fallout and the real problems that the, the world will have that the, the the curse basically is won at that stage.
1: Yeah, yeah it's like at this point, you know he's he's tried delaying it like we saw at the end of ships. and at this point he has to he has to break Isaiah's war host.
5: Mm.
1: Like he there's there's just no um, like he says I think in the conversation with uh, Carol, where you know Carol's like we're going to win this time and is just sort of like yeah mm-hmm. but what well, does it matter if you know, you know because if Lazare is and he is still alive it's just going to happen again but
5: mm-hmm.
1: yeah it seems like
4: a problem that doesn't really have a solution if you know what I mean especially yeah. because I keep coming back to the idea this is supposed to last like 500 years you know what I mean? We're sort of in the embassy. Nine years or something, isn't it yeah. at
1: the stage, I think around yeah, we're, we're somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're basically at the point that it has a solution and it's it's one that Arithon has, you know, looked at and already rejected. Hmm.
0: There was a, a line that I highlighted for discussion. It was, I forget at what point Lyser says this, but he says we have the numbers to expend. So Aridon is thinking carefully about every single person <laughs> uh, who might die, whether on his side or the other side. And said is saying, "We have the numbers to expend; like they're just a means to an end. None of them are individuals that he needs to care about. It seems care. like
1: they're just cogs you know, in the machine."
0: Yeah,
4: I thought it was a very telling line as well. I thought yeah. this is this actually tells you. The difference between how the two of them rule or inspire people or, or even see people. um for all yeah. of the things yeah. that Lyser says about Arathon and how he treats children and all of that kind of stuff, he's willing to just sacrifice hundreds and thousands of lives
2: in yeah. order to don't find me parading the public eye for an army.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a, a good point. Uh, because there's, there's a there's a measure of performance being put on. Uh, by, by Lysayer as far as his public persona goes and, uh, and early in chapter 4 like there's somebody's telling, who was it? The captain is telling a tale of how um, Lysayer, you know, swept into the South Shire in a grand state and the gems and the, and the bullion braid and the prince's horse trappings and all that stuff so there's this big awe in you know into his Pump presence
1: what's that pomp and circumstance pomp and yeah yeah <laughs> there's
2: there's a big amount of that attached to his retinue and his presence of of his and him coming into places and that plays into the you know the to the like the public view and psyche of what he is portraying you know the lord of light basically and and uh and um and so he uh and we know we know he's not that way. Uh, like you said, he's willing to expend lives, but the his public persona is is that performance of yeah. um of uh, of all, being good on the good side, you know, yeah sweeps in crack troops, looks all shiny and bright. Yeah.
1: and then it's like, oh, look, it's the middle of the night, and I'm gonna light the sky up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that's contrasted with the like the actual performances that Arathon puts on when he um, mm. when he plays the uh, mm. the instrument um, in the court there and he, he stole their hearts and he he uh, bound them effortless as wind in haunting sweet resonance, like coins thrown down through a rainfall I thought that was a beautiful line and I was just mm. like and that's and that's how Arathon's performance captures people mm. in real time rather than the pomp and circumstance that uh Lisea puts on. I just thought that was a beautiful contrast between the characters and I love how I love how Janie did that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was Wonderful. brilliant. I agree. The other thing that's interesting, the contrast between the two um is how um Lyser puts on a brave face immediately even to right? like he does not give himself a moment to absorb the news when he's told that talit has been abducted he goes immediately to okay now i just have to like you know pretend she never existed and move on in life um and then you know that that theme continues he um doesn't allow himself to express anything when uh she uh, when he finally meets her and uh basically be vulnerable versus um how we see Araton react when he finds out that uh Durkin is dead, right mm. um, he's so willingly showing emotion i maybe because of losing self control perhaps um to the loss of someone who's who he's interacted with but is not super close to perhaps. <laughs> But on the other hand, said is really closing himself off from expressing anything because he feels he needs to put on a face, um, even in the face of um, such a terrible thing happening to him. That that I thought was very interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the, to the point where at the end of chapter six, he's basically estranged from his wife yeah. because he's mm-hmm. accusing her of being bewitched and, and, uh, Uh, that was um, an interesting, ironic turn of events after he went through all this trouble to get her back. Yeah, now he does, he he walks out on her. (laughs) But
4: but I I think it was interesting how both Arathon and Lysair treated Talothon in in the event of it. You know, uh, it was almost like her captivity was a shun against Lysair's leaderships, and that's why he had to pay for it back, even though he does refer to the fact that he's really missed her, etc. But when she comes back he doesn't embrace her in the way, or he doesn't, you know, her her spirit, you know, and the person that she is, and the same kind of virtue, Arith in the way he walks and makes sure she's treated regally and and treated with respect even when he's handing her back over. I think a lot of that plays into, you know, how they see Talith and actually what Talith's perception then is of the two men and and their their
2: supposed virtues. Mm. Well, I was waiting for that reunion because I was just like, if she said I just knew it. I knew it. If she says one thing in favor of Arathon, it's not gonna yeah. be good, you know. She <laughs> says do, more than one, obviously. Yeah. yeah, and
1: they do sort of foreshadow it when Caradon shows up mm. Mm. and informs him. And he just immediately jumps to, well, you know, um, you know, there there's a solicited wife that's been stolen another solicited wife stolen by a uh, Sephalon so pirate oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah right immediately is just like oh yeah no he he's just gonna go up and you know because he's constructed that whole facade that you know um, uh,
2: his mother was, is yeah. the product
1: of rape and yep. you know you know, because all the Sephalon are bad or whatnot so he's just like mm-hmm. yeah no you
4: know another one of the really interesting parts that I that I liked about it was kind of the examination of of Talus' female gaze towards Arthur when they first meet. Mm. You know, and it happens a couple of times when he reappears in the boat, etc. as well, and it's just, like, it's never done in a longing way or a romantic way, but just observing him and the kind of things that she notices about him in terms of not just his build and his appearance, but how he interacts with people and and how people interact with him and all that whole, you know, the the whole way that the female views the male, you know, Mm. broadly that are, and Arthur even points points that are isn't put to her where he says remember that we're half brothers and not not just by story or whatever else we're actually related you know mm. we actually are of the same blood we're not not yeah. as different as you would be told
5: mm. mm.
2: yeah. that's true
0: yeah I, I did like seeing i added from um talent's point of view mm. it uh yeah it it was a very neutral gaze right for yeah. it, it's it's similar to dakar in the sense that it she's trying to find reasons to dislike him but sort of falling short and she doesn't have anything to say oh yes my husband's justified to hate him so much uh, but yeah for all that for being from the enemy camp it was an a very neutral gaze with which she looked at arathon i was yeah,
4: I think there's only one point where she talks about and it's about how the men look at him and how he fills out his shirt mm. as being the only time that it kind of ventures towards like looking at his physical stature and his builds as mm. being impressive rather than. But she kind of says that that's what the men are responding to rather than mm. than her even yeah. she's observing it.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Where like the men look at him like, oh, he's a short little dude. You know, you know, short, slender little dude, and the the women are like. You know, being a little more discerning and they're like mm, no there's some muscle there yeah. but like <laughs> also the scene with the the horseman from Earlyan's you know um, camp where the dude's like oh look you're, you know because Arithan looks super delicate and he's like I could my brother could circle your wrist with you know you know he, he, one hand and Arithan's like your brother's not here
0: why don't you <laughs> do it
1: <everybody?"> <laughs> just like do completely
0: underestimates it. Yeah. 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 I love all uh, instances of people underestimate Arathon and then are proved horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: well, the thing we haven't talked about at all is the two twins. Well, oh, yes two, yes. two twins. The twins, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <we're done. laughs> and Fjork and how their personalities have really come from just being these kids. To having grown and kind of want control of their own lives, and ultimately, how Tharic has to give in to the sort of steely and persistent nature of, of
2: Finland.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: Tharic was interesting, uh, because mm. he, um, he's kind of, uh, you know, he swore, he switched sides and swore to Arathon, and now he's kind of like, you know what, I'm gonna swear myself to to jeunesse, jeunesse. and the hell with those two guys <laughs> <laughs> kind of you know <laughs>
0: yeah the kids felt really grown up in this book we started with them as like this fun silly people and in one year they've grown so much you really see them grow into themselves it, yeah oh, i love that I think
2: yeah. it's been more than a year though almost uh, four oh, right yeah two? it's
0: like they're
1: like four you know, yeah, they were like eight or nine, seven or eight, you know, around was the impression I got when he first came to Marior, and they're like 12 oh. now.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, I think his time He's in been the been He
1: spent a while at Or without, you know, being discovered. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because no one until, um, uh, until the, um, Coriani gave away his position, Lazare had no idea where he was.
0: Right, just
1: right. he
2: was out abroad, yeah. Because I remember seeing nine years somewhere, mm. and, okay, that makes sense. And uh, it was five years at the beginning of ships, so they were,
0: and like it was- like
2: you said, so I think it's been about four years since you first met them.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, four years, okay, that makes more sense. One year felt like, yeah, enough, but not enough, but four years, yeah, they've become these sort of mature borderline adolescent kids that know what they want
4: and I think narratively and storytelling wise I think a lot of it was the play and to play into again uh, Talos observances when she goes to relate to Lycia when he says but but you know Arathon abducted those kids and mm. Talos was able to turn around and say but I think there's some truth in the fact that the the mother would have just hold held those kids to the apron yeah. for all of their lives and never let them experience life I mean there's some truthful and this and that, then, of course, Lysir doesn't want to hear.
1: Yeah. So there's, like, oh, no, he he manipulates kids, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: She's making her musings, and you have the, the bit where she doesn't realize that he's just sort of staring at her, like, you know, like, he's not even listening to her, you know, what she's saying. He's just, like, no. Hmm. And then he immediately jumps to, Yeah, he's bewitched you, and she's like, No, no, he hasn't.
0: <laughs> What's an explanation I can latch on to so I don't have yeah. to listen to this?
4: <laughs> but Talet's place going forward, I think, is sort of fascinating because if she is estranged, which is obviously the impression that we get, her role in her power, now that she knows both, actually, within the story, has grown like sort of exponentially, you mm. know, and obviously the fact that she's the queen and obviously a, that position holds power and, and uh, sway in the world. So yeah, and uh, again, another example of here's three chapters where you take a character that's sort of been in the background and, and had bit bits yeah. part, and all of a sudden has become. Oh god, I can't wait to the next chapter. The Talith appears because this is such an incredibly interesting character now.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well will see more in the next. <laughs> 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 yes. We know. <laughs> so,
0: one more. Are we okay to change topics? Or? Okay. Um, yeah. So, Lysair is sort of making justifications because he's entangled by the mistreat into thinking that he needs to kill Arathon. Okay. So, he makes a big deal out of the fact that Arathon killed seven people in Alistron yeah. and uh, dis- uh, caused destruction in j but didn't really kill anyone I don't think but you know the number of people that they killed in the war and okay let's say Tal is wrong on both sides but since then they just like brutally murdered uh, Durkin for no reason other than revenge apparently like they pointed out Uh, Lyser doesn't see that sure he's twisted but Dagan is also letting himself believe this narrative of oh they hurt us far more when in fact Mm -hmm. The, the hurt that they've wrought upon the world is so much more. That yeah, I think that's really interesting that they keep latching on to that seven and Jaylord, when those weren't even intentionally They didn't know that, but that's a very small number compared to the actual damage that these others have done.
4: Yeah, it's just not... outrageous. <laughs> I <laughs> yes. say so this is the reporting of war, though isn't it? You can even go to modern day reporting of wars mm. yeah. when we go to see foreign wars held by our troops overseas. We don't hear about the atrocities that are committed by our troops, yeah or <laughs> think we hear about the terrible things that are said, and, and that that kind of gets passed back and forward you know the the whole idea that history is written by the victors, and that's mm. the only side of the story you shall ever be told, and I think a lot of that seed and a lot of those stories that you're hearing is very much a perpetuation of all of that
0: yep yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah And
2: i think uh i think Janie's very aware of that and she's yeah. giving us that perspective when when she wants to when okay. we need it you know as yeah. a reader uh it's very well done
0: yeah yep
4: but yes another really interesting passage and look at people's justifications for their actions and i think a lot of A lot of what happens in the interplay within characters actually is about that, you know, of sort of manipulating and asking the questions of the reader of, are our characters always in the right, or are our characters sort of a gray in the middle here, or were they just or were they not? Mm -hmm. You know, I think we've been played with a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Even at the end of uh, chapter six in the little news blurb there... um, you have the uh, mayors and the ministers gathering mm. and, they're, and they, uh, they're actually making that document to make Lysayer the high king. That's right, yeah. Um, underwritten by the towns. So all these people are on his side still. They're still tied up into his righteous cause. And it's really a might make right might makes right situation and uh so that is that wasn't good news at the end of uh at the end of that chapter six there because now he's going to have even more power. more power that's right and you know who knows what new atrocity is going to come of this stuff should be photos, but he's not going to tell us. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but you get, again, another sort of subtext of like anti-monarchy, anti-kind of giving one person too much power. Message, mm-hmm. you know. At the end of the day, you know, we can see the cracks and how much problems been even been so far. But yet, people are doubling down, and he's going to get more and more and more to the point that the war's kind of pointless at this stage. He's literally—it's a witch hunt for one person. Mm-hmm. He already yeah. rules the world in a lot of ways, which is yeah. sort of what Talith was sending.
0: And talent speaking sense, it's you know, he's been running away constantly. If he comes back to bother you by building his own war horse, then you go to war. Why are you it, it's all the lives that he's costing, he's not thinking about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I will be very curious for everyone's reaction over the next few chapters <laughs> and how how Lise responds to the things that happen. You know there, and especially it's well, we won't see all of his response in this book, but you know, you know, with the early chapters of Fugitive Prince, how Mm. you know the fallout of you know what happens here.
3: Yeah. So you have to buckle buckle up a little bit, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. All I can say is, yes, since we're about to go into arc three once we finish this one. You know and i think so you sort of said it buckle up because it's about you thought you know this book kind of barreled along it's it's about to to, to you know it's like you're about to go over the top of the roller coaster mm-hmm. you know, it's reached the top it's about to go downhill <laughs> that part you people <laughs>
4: Wee. Wee. I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the dude looks cool in the photo you know with his hands up just the right up
0: if I hadn't signed up for 200 other things I would have said let's meet next week to discuss this.
4: Uh, how's how's Wednesday for you yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: So one sort of uh side subject that I wanted to bring up for discussion, it's not super important, but um I've, i really like Arathon and I love pretty much everything about his character, but there were a couple of instances in this in these three chapters where I felt like uh I I don't think I'm gonna like hanging out with Arathon sometimes. So it's those instances where <laughs> we are told that he's uh, using invective to get his people to do work or uh, using strong words to get them to not slack off. Yeah. Or whatever. There is one counteracting point in that he also works as hard as all the people he's making to do work. But then like, I asked myself would I like Ariton for a coworker or a boss and no. and I feel like I'm like <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he he's very much a extremely harsh. You know, he's fair, but he's very harsh.
2: Yeah, I mm-hmm. said that earlier. He's a harsh taskmaster. No,
1: no, no yeah. no slacking off here. Yeah.
0: yeah. Is you know, that I mean, It's interesting that that's the case given that he has a uh, an inborn inclination towards compassion. I'm trying to figure out how those two work together. Um, what? Does that mean do you compassion?
4: Does have... compassionate, compassionate people not work hard? They mm-hmm. can Compassionate, <laughs> the, the, the two things aren't the same. I know what you're saying, that they wouldn't give people a hard time. But ultimately, I think Arathol's inspiring people to be the best that they can be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind
1: of Like Isaiah, he reads people really well and he's just kind of driving them to be the best they can be. You know, wants them to be as, you know, stand on their own, you know, you know, you know, like, you know, like with, you know, I think Dakar remarks on it at some point where people who associate with Aerith and do so, you know, freely, you know, understanding what the stakes are in the situation and everything, you know, versus, you know, Lazare's like, I have all these hangar-ons, you know, you know, sycophants basically.
5: Mm.
1: And, you know, plus everything just is like, you know, you you give your all, and you know, I will too, and let let's get this done. You yeah.
4: know, yeah. I mean, going back to the the episode with Janice, remember he basically kidnaps her mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. throws her over his shoulder in sort of a heavy handed manner, mm. but ultimately because she's living her life in fear, and you know. It's it's not much of a life, you know. He's trying to shake her out of it, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah I, he's,
4: he's
1: just doesn't hesitate to 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 do mean things to make people be better. Yeah,
5: basically.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. You, know. you got to wonder if if any of that will um will backfire on him at some point because uh, he does make those rash decisions every once in a while to do what he thinks is best for the person he's doing it for. Uh But what if kidnapping Jeunesse didn't work out so quite so well? Mm-hmm. You know, or uh,
1: or just you know he he does that. You know his typical. You know I'm going to do this because I know best for somebody, and they don't. Right. They don't. You know they don't take it as well. Yeah, because you know, he is kind of high-handed at times. He's mm-hmm. so just like yeah, he I'm definitely... going to do this because I know better. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it it's compassion in the sense of like. How parents scold their children to do what's best for them. Sometimes maybe that's how I need to look at it, <laughs> because it, <laughs> that, it really got my back up. Reading all those discussions, uh, uh, descriptions of marathon scolding the people who are working for him. I'm like, mm. yeah. <laughs> that's hitting a little close. Yeah, to I home. think it
1: would, you know, maybe play a little bit into what I mentioned before with him being a initiate sorcerer, the way the fellowship is, and you know, he's got a lot more. Yeah, he's got the added benefit of that insight into people, but mm-hmm. he's not as um he's not like the fellowship where whatever their priority is is completely separate from you know uh humankind and whatnot. You know um he he his priorities are these these people are around him, he, you know he has to live there with them and you know um you know yeah. so he Yeah, he's not you know going, oh it's like oh well I'm just gonna you know, not bother with them. It's like, no, I'm going to, you know, prod these people, you know, um, to, you know, give their all and start thinking for themselves and whatnot. Whereas the fellowship doesn't, you know, it's like they'll answer questions if you ask them, like Jenny said, but they don't really (laughs) do as much volunteering, you know, in the same way everything does, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it seems they are very uh, judgment free and volunteering. They didn't say bad marathon, no kidnapping princesses. They're like, yeah, cool, we'll help you uh, negotiate the ransom. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Were they helping him negotiate uh, because he asked them to or because there was something else behind their motive for helping that negotiation?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Were they trying to prevent some kind of disaster or something like that? Um It was, yeah.
1: It was just mostly to, you know, keep Arthan and Lysair from just like, you know, it's like, oh look, here's Ostermere. Sure was a nice city. Too bad it's gone. (laughs) It's like it's a nice crater now, and everyone's dead except (laughs) these two brothers. You know, we don't want that. Yeah.
0: think we could yeah anything else that anyone wants to bring up for discussion
2: i can finally finish this book off now yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, i'm a, a chapter or two ahead but i've just been leaving it and just kind of mm-hmm. going over you know four five and six you know in case i missed anything and i'm like okay i'm gonna get back to where i was <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: You're halfway through *Fugitive Prince*, aren't you?
1: <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. I haven't started *Fugitive Prince* okay.
0: again. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, Steve, uh, yeah. I have a quest. Sorry, go ahead, Jimmy Paul. Uh, no, go
1: ahead.
0: I was gonna say, Steve, I have a question for you before we go. Uh, since we yeah. haven't seen you in a while, what was your favorite section in the last few chapters that we've read?
3: Oh, that's a good one. I've been enjoying Dakar. car. I didn't. I, mm. He's always been an annoyance to me, but I've, <laughs> I've been, I'm starting to. He's growing on me. So his his portion yeah. have been enjoying quite a bit.
4: Yeah, I still don't like him
3: yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really didn't like him. I don't. He's trying. It's it's one of those where you, I just really didn't like him, and yeah, I just always wondered what you know what. But yeah, he's he's growing on me.
0: Yeah, he's growing on me for sure. I I'm still ambivalent, like Chris said, but he's growing on me. I could yeah. see myself liking him in a bit. if... <laughs> As long as he doesn't let Arathon take the arrow.
5: Oh, no.
2: Just give the poor guy a drink.
0: <laughs> evil <laughs> evil laughter is yeah. not boarding well. <laughs>
4: this is not helping. Right, wrap, wrap it up, then we we'll get going. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> Uh, all right let's do outros i guess chibi poe would you like to start us off <laughs>
1: sure um yeah well i'm chibi po. i can be found on twitter or whatever it's called now no i'm still gonna call it twitter i'm sorry <laughs> uh whatever that new name is it's stupid so it's still twitter <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh and at TVPO one and also uh, I have my in YouTube channel, um, Chibipo's Library, but there's nothing there. So you can go there if you want, but you won't find <laughs> Uh And I am also around on page chewing and also on Goodreads with helping out with a buddy read for people who are first starting out long Curse of the Mystery. So.
4: I've seen, that. Yeah, seen uh, that recently. All right.
0: Jared. My next
2: okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm at the Fantasy Thinker on YouTube, and that's uh, also my handle for Instagram. And I'm on the Page Chewing uh, forum all the time, and um, I'm doing a blog on there too, on PageChewing.com. And uh, looking forward to more of this stuff and a whole bunch of other stuff too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> One thing you don't don't have to worry about is being busy. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, all. No. Especially the brochure around. She's, uh, she's, uh, she's, she's...
2: Yeah, yeah. She keeps uh, the... us busy. <laughs> she's like Arathon. She's
4: compassionate, but she's a hard taskmaster. I mean, that's... <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was happy about that comparison for half a second before you gotta taskmaster <laughs> Oh,
2: so... Sorry, Steve, it's great, great. serious fun, serious fun.
3: (laughs) Um, Steve, you can find me at Patreon.com or on the forums and always have something going on, lots of buddy reads happening as usual. So thanks for uh, really happy to be here and glad I was able to catch up. Thanks for holding off a little bit for me. I appreciate it. Awesome. My name is Chris
4: Mullen, I have a YouTube channel called Chris Mullen. Uh, where I uh talk about movies, I've talked about books, and of course, we're doing this really long. We're doing um Legend, middle of yes. the month. If anybody doesn't know, gonna get talking about i'm Legend. Very excited for those SF Masterworks series. The first one was so mm-hmm. much fun, and it's another spoiler great book, uh, for, for the second one. And uh, yeah, so if you don't know about those, head over to and you'll find all the details on how to join in and chat about great books. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And my name is Varsha. You can find me on my channel, Reading by the Rainy Mountain, or on Chewing, where I'm uh, bullying people into reading with me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, like Chris said, we're going to be reading I Am Legend in a couple of weeks. <laughs> 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 so come check us out there uh, for those and many other buddy reads. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Enjoy this discussion of our host of Fastmark.